0: Coming up on today's Locked On Golden Gophers, the Minnesota basketball schedule for the Big Ten at least is out. We'll break down all the opponents for the Gophers, and even though Minnesota doesn't really have a team yet, we'll find 10 Big Ten wins somewhere. Also, Minnesota's ending the week with sending out a bunch of scholarship offers on the football field. We'll break down a couple of the targets that P.J. Fleck has zoned in on here on a Friday edition to wrap up the week of Locked On Golden Gophers. Welcome into the program, Nate Dickinson with you, as I am every single weekday, updating you on everything you need to know going on around Gopher sports. While you can get everything with the Gophers here on our show, if you want a little bit of a bigger scope, there's simply no better place to get all the news on the Big Ten Conference than with Big Ten Ben Stevens and the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Follow the Locked On Big Ten podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on today's show, as I mentioned, we've got football recruiting to update you on and we'll break down the Minnesota basketball schedule for at least the Big Ten that came out yesterday. That's coming up here today, but before we get to any of that, we'll update you on any of the news you may have missed over the last day in Minnesota sports. First off, big honors for Minnesota Gopher volleyball players. Tori Dixon, Hannah Tapp, and Sarah Parsons will all rep the USA in playing in the FIVB, Volleyball Nations League. It starts up in a month, starting on May 25th. I'm sorry, it lasts a month and will start in a couple of weeks on May 25th. The three of them getting to rep the red, white, and blue, of course, always a big, big honor. And we'll have more Olympic picks out of the Gophers in just a moment. Moving on again, the Big Ten basketball schedule did come out for Minnesota. We'll break it down in just a second, but the teams in the Big Ten that Minnesota will play twice this year, Iowa and Wisconsin, along with Michigan State, Indiana, Ohio State, Penn State, and Northwestern. We'll talk more about the entire schedule in our next segment. In other good news, if you are a big Gopher gear fan, you like to buy up jerseys, hats, stuff like that, Well, you'll be happy to know that the Gophers equipment sale is coming back. A lot of schools do this kind of stuff, just kind of get rid of the old equipment that they're not using anymore and be able to sell it off to fans who are obviously eager to get their hands on it. There will be all sorts of stuff at Williams Arena on May 21st and 22nd. There are still COVID guidelines in place for that, so you need to go online and register. You can do that over at the Gophers website. Again, that's gophersports.com. You'll Should be able to find it pretty easy. I think they're advertising it pretty big just on the homepage right now. In news outside of the Gophers, I don't know why I bring it up right now, but it's just, again, noteworthy for people who like Minnesota sports. The sale of the Timberwolves to Alex Rodriguez and a guy with a whole lot more money, Mark Lore is his name, is now officially official. So A-Rod, and again, the guy who paid most of the actual money, now taking control of that team at some point soon. I know... There's going to be a transition period. I don't know. We're not the Timberwolves podcast. Lockdown has one of those. Go listen to that. They are talking about this today, I'm sure. And finally, before we wrap things up, I mentioned more Olympic team news. On the softball diamond, Sarah Gronewagon was named to the Canadian softball team. She was a three-time All-American at Minnesota from 2014 to 2017. Now gets to rep her country with the Maple Leaf on the jersey up north. That's all for the news you may have missed over the last day in Minnesota Gophers sports. On the Gophers sports schedule for today, big, big events this weekend. Starting up with track and field today. The Big Ten Outdoor Championships start today in Illinois. We talked about it yesterday, how the Gophers were going to have all sorts of individuals competing and really, really having a good shot at actually competing for national, or I'm sorry, Big Ten Championships individually. And the team shouldn't do too bad either with all the talent that's out there. We'll, of course, keep tabs on that throughout the weekend. Follow us at LO Golden Gophers on Twitter and be back with another update on everything that happens on Monday. Elsewhere, softball plays this weekend against Penn State. Game start up tonight. It'll be on at 5 p.m. on the Big Ten Network if you want to watch in. And once again, baseball games for this weekend are still postponed. Gophers were set to travel to Pennsylvania to face off against Rutgers and Penn State. That has, again, been canceled, or I'm sorry, postponed. Hopefully they can reschedule it for another date, but I don't know how all that's working right now. Again, no baseball, but there's still softball today, track and field today, and one more heads up for over the weekend. On Sunday morning, the women's rowing team is at the Big Ten Championships in Indiana early in the morning at 8 a.m., We'll, of course, update you on everything that happens over the weekend on Monday. We'll be right back here with more Minnesota basketball talk. Let's break down that schedule in the Big Ten for the Gophers. Minnesota, in my opinion, doesn't have it all that rough. But, of course, the Gophers have to figure out if they're going to be someone who can compete at all in the Big Ten before they start thinking about how to rack up wins. We'll talk about all of it in just a minute right here on Locked On Golden Gophers. Well, it's a big betting weekend. We've got more horse racing coming up this weekend. Of course, we're getting into the nitty-gritty of the NBA and the NHL playoffs are starting up. And if you want to make some money while you're enjoying all the action this weekend, you can do it over at betonline.ag. The site has everything you need for your betting, whether it be just the information. They're always putting up new stuff and new insight on all the matchups. The best lines on really anything, from sports to reality TV or anything else, and also, you can get free money to play with by signing up with our promo code Locked On at the website, again, betonline.ag. If you use our code, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back talking Minnesota basketball schedule in just a second. Nate Dickinson, here on Locked On. Nate Dickinson here on Locked On Golden Gophers. Well, we can't really break down this Big Ten basketball schedule for Minnesota right now, right? The team is not really a team yet. The roster isn't much of a roster. It's not filled out yet still. But while we start to at least see who will be on the floor at Williams Arena and where the Gophers will travel to, we can at least start to at least get an idea of how hard will this schedule be? Because, While everyone in the Big Ten is seemingly trying to deal with this transfer stuff, not everybody has it quite as bad as the Gophers. So we do have a little bit of a look as to what the rest of the conference might start to look like next year and where exactly the Gophers stand and who they get to play and have to play in this upcoming season. Again, nothing here can be taken seriously, but at least in my mind, I see this as an easier schedule in the Big Ten. It just seems like Minnesota got a better end of the deal with uh, avoiding playing two games against some of the better Big Ten teams and also getting to play two games against some of the lower tier Big Ten teams as well. I mentioned also the Gophers do play twice against Iowa and Wisconsin. We brought that up at the beginning of the show. So you know that those rivalry games are going to happen. You kind of assumed them, but Minnesota did only play Wisconsin once last season. So... You never really know, but you do get those two rivalry games back for four big ones throughout the year this year. Just breaking it down opponent by opponent. Let's take this as if the Gophers will be able to put a team on the court that can compete in the Big Ten. There's easily just as much evidence to suggest that the Gophers will end up plummeting to the bottom of the Big Ten this season, But we'll talk more about that later. Let's assume if Minnesota can put together a respectable basketball team from now until November, whether that be through getting more players or Ben Johnson just being able to get his players and bring the best out of them, let's say and assume that Minnesota is at least okay this year, which, again, is a big, big assumption. But if the Gophers are going to be at least okay, what can you look at with what the Gophers have on the schedule? The teams that I think Minnesota can beat. As far as who you have two games against, and again, I'll list off all those teams right now. Indiana, Iowa, Northwestern, Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. That's seven teams with two games against Minnesota. Now, looking at those teams just top to bottom, first off, you have to realize that not all those teams are going to be quite as good as they were last year. Uh, Iowa, for instance. Iowa will still be okay. Okay. There's some people predicting them to fall down into the bottom half of the Big Ten. I mean, Luka Garza's not there anymore, obviously. He was the National Player of the Year. He was one of the most dominant players in college basketball last season. But I don't think a lot of people are expecting that big of a drop. But if it happens, those are two games Minnesota could win. Again, if Minnesota's at least decent. Indiana has a lot of players coming back. But again... The Hoosiers were not that great of a team last season. I I don't know if Minnesota can win both those games if they're decent, but I think that Indiana is at the very least not a team that you're looking at and saying, oh God, we got to go to Indiana? No, I don't expect them to be a top 25 team this year. I expect them to be able to make the NCAA tournament, but we'll see what ends up happening. I think those games are at least, again, winnable. I'm searching for wins here. I'm not trying to find wins that are probable. I'm just searching for them. Two wins that I think could be probable are Northwestern and Penn State. Those teams not great and not looking to get better, really, this season. So we'll see what happens there. And my two big question marks, I guess Iowa fits into here too, because I don't know what Iowa's going to look like next year exactly. But my biggest question marks were Michigan State and Ohio State. Ohio State, just because the Buckeyes have kind of been all over the place in the last few years. It has nothing to do with their roster right now, but they've been projected as really good. They've been not so good. Minnesota's been able to beat them at times. And honestly, in the last two years, what, is the Gophers 3-1 and against Ohio State? Unless they only played them once in 2020, in which case it'd be 3-0. and Because they won twice in 19, if I'm remembering right. Anywho. Ohio State's a question mark for me just because I don't know enough about that team yet. And then Michigan State's another question mark just because they're supposed to be getting better. And I understand this Michigan State team was not spectacular last year right on the bubble. But if they're going to be end up getting into the one of those teams that takes the spots that, like, Iowa's giving up, I'm not so confident the Gophers are going to be able to beat any sort of good Big Ten team. Now let's go to the teams that Minnesota's playing only once. As far as the teams that the Gophers are playing twice, when you look at Northwestern and Penn State, those are a couple of teams that are really, really nice to have two times on the schedule as far as just searching for wins. But at the same time, it's really nice to be able to have a team like Purdue, who's going to be really good, Michigan, who's going to be really good, Maryland and Rutgers, who are both going to be better this year than they were last. Maryland uh, maybe significantly better And then Illinois, too, who's supposed to have a drop-off similar to that of Iowa, but Illinois was so good last year, I, I wouldn't want to face them either. All those games that Minnesota only has to play the team once on are games that I would have liked, except for, I'm looking at the schedule again right now, except for maybe Iowa, like switch Iowa with Rutgers, perhaps. Like, I don't know if there's a group of five teams you could have asked for that you would have rather played only one time, right? Wisconsin-Minnesota, oh, Wisconsin's the one. Wisconsin plays Minnesota twice. So if you're getting rid of one, you're getting rid of Wisconsin. And I guess you put Rutgers in there. But again, I'm kind of just starting to rant now. The point is, I think as far as just the 2-1 to kind of situations, the games that Minnesota has to play against a team twice and compared to the teams they have to play only once, I think the Gophers got a really, really good side of that deal. Again, this is all if Minnesota can put together a Big Ten basketball team. If Minnesota can do that, this isn't a bad schedule in the conference. The Gophers should be able to get wins. And hopefully that happens, and Ben Johnson can pull off what would be an incredibly impressive first season after going over what's kind of unprecedented right now and in this year. But there's really no expectations for him, and that's something you have to remember too, is that while Minnesota's hoping that it can put together a basketball team this year, And there's all sorts of things for fans to get excited about during this offseason when you bring in a whole bunch of guys who averaged 15 points per game at smaller schools. You have to understand that at the best, I think we're looking at a mediocre Big Ten team. And I'd consider that semi-miraculous right now even. No matter who Minnesota brings in the rest of the way. Maybe Ben Johnson can pull off something I don't see. But he understands, the school understands, and the fan base understands, even though they're going to want wins, that this is not a winning basketball season for Minnesota. This is not the year that Ben Johnson is thinking about when he's thinking about what he wants to do as a head coach. He's thinking three, four years down the road. And every coach has to go through this. Not every coach has to do what Ben Johnson has had to do. But it's just a big thing to recognize that I see people online talking all sorts of, well, how can the Gophers be any good this year? How can they put together a squad that's going to compete on the basketball court? And while, of course, Ben Johnson's trying to do that, I think everybody understands that the expectation is not that. The expectation is not to be able to win games in the Big Ten this year. That's kind of too high of a hill to ask him to climb. The expectation is just for him to start, start whatever it is that he's going to do. He was brought in as a Minnesota coach to recruit in state in a time where Minnesota has great players, and Richard Pitino was constantly criticized for not doing it. So he'll do those things, I'm sure, the things that were promised of him when he was hired. But aside from that, really, all that's expected of him, I think, this year is just to start to put together the pieces. And honestly, at the end of the year, no matter what happens, as long as he has, like, all right, well, yeah, This year was this year, but we did this, this, and that so that we can be better next year. Obviously, Ben Johnson's not getting fired after this one season, but he's not having any pressure on him at all right now. Maybe the least amount of pressure a coach has ever had in college basketball just because no one's ever had to start with so little as Ben Johnson has. Coming up in a minute, we're going to break down some Minnesota football recruits. Talking about a couple of guys, Malik Elzey and Che Nwabuko. I hope I'm pronouncing both of those correctly. About what they bring to the field as they pick up Minnesota Go for football offers over the course of this week. We'll talk about that in just a minute. And as they're getting ready to start their college careers, you know they're hitting the gym. If you need to hit it too, but don't quite have that motivation or that energy, then Built Bar is the product for you. It's a protein bar. I'm not going to lie to you. As far as what's in it, it's all the healthy stuff that you get out of all your protein products. Up to 17 grams of protein, less than 150 calories in almost all their bars, only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs as well. So you know you're in the healthiest stuff out there. But what sets Built Bar apart is that it just tastes good too. I've tried different protein products. The ones that stick are the ones that I actually like. I don't care about the nutrition facts on the side. Well, I do, but it's more to me about finding something that I can actually enjoy putting into my body and not go, Ugh, just after I swallow it. It's Whether it's the drink or the bar or anything else, Built Bar has the flavor for you and the taste that's going to keep you, keep you hooked. Go on over to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for a 15% off, well, coupon, voucher, whatever you want to call it. Again, at Built Bar, the code LOCKED15. Head on over to Bilt Bar, at least try them out. They're going to have something that at the very least will catch your eye. I promise. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Gophers. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're going to wrap things up talking Minnesota football recruits. We're going to have a fun weekend by the way. It is a Friday. You made it to the weekend, or I guess depending on when you're listening, you're on your way to the weekend. Maybe you're driving home and you made it to the weekend already. Congrats to you. And, of course, whenever you get out of the car, if you're listening there, be sure to follow us on Twitter at l o gophers and my personal account's at Nate with Sports. There you'll be able to find everything that happens in between shows, like, say, over the weekend. We'll keep you updated on all the Big Ten track and field championship stuff, Minnesota softballs in action, too. And always just anything you need as far as Gophers go, is they're on the account just like it's here on the show. So give us a follow. And of course, wherever you're listening right now, rate, review, five stars, all that stuff helps me out and helps us out at Locked On a whole lot. So it's minimal effort I know from you guys, and it can really, really maximize what we're able to do, what I'm able to do here at Locked On and with Locked On Golden Gophers. So thank you in advance for doing all of that. Two guys we're going to talk about, Che Noabuko, a running back, and Malik Elzie, a wide receiver. So a couple of skill position guys. We're going to have some fun here to end things. Let's start with Noabuko, Out of Texas, a three-star running back according to 24-7, but that's not the composite ranking. He, he's unranked there because he, he does not have rankings on some other sites, or at least enough to form a composite ranking. So mixed reviews on him as far as what the experts have to say. But the offers are not all that mixed. He's got offers from Big 12, Big 10, ACC schools. So plenty of places all around the country want this guy. The only thing I found peculiar in just looking at where his path has been so far is that really right now, he doesn't have a lot of interest inside his home state of Texas. And there's plenty of big football schools in Texas. They go after big recruits. But I was surprised to see that there was a limited amount of say, like a Texas A&M or a Texas or a Texas Tech, somebody in their TCU. I mean, I could go on. Somebody out of the big college football programs in Texas who would have at least reached out to this guy yet. He's a 2022 prospect. Next guy is 2023, by the way. As far as the tape for Noabuko, I'm going to slow down when I say that name from now on. For the tape for Noabuko, as far as, as a running back goes, the burst of speed he gets when he gets to that next level is what jumps out at you right away. It's something that I caught, caught my eye when I looked at the tape first, and it just is something that he highlights on the tape himself, but it just happens over and over and over. If he can get into that next level, and he was used in the passing game a lot in high school for this reason. I saw a lot of this on the high school tapes, both on the outside and the slot all over. If he can get into that second level, if he can catch a ball with any sort of stride, He has the ability to blow past every level of the defense that's next. He has that burst of speed, again, in the open field that can really, really excite a college coach. And, again, being used in the passing game a lot in high school will be able to help him kind of fit into a role that, at a 5'10 frame right now, I think could really be something more like of the Seth Green kind of thing that he did for the Gophers if he ends up coming here. The only kind of... Maybe, what if, but kind of thing that I found was that he played a lot at the, of the wide receiver spot in high school, just in a way where I feel like a lot of the things that he's being used for in high school, he won't be used for at the college level, you know? Like right now, he's playing a lot on the outside. That's not something I don't think college coaches will have him doing. I don't know. But again, the speed, maybe he will. He, he can. Be a guy who catches a bubble screen, which is more like something I think he would be able to do in a college game. But just with the amount of receiving work that he does and the kind of ability he has to go up for a catch, I don't know how well that translates over to the college game, but I don't doubt any of the athleticism from him. He's really just, in that regard, have, I guess I wouldn't even call it a question mark, but something I would kind of be like, keep an eye on it. Make sure that he knows how to do all this stuff. It's not like accuse him of not being able to run with a college team and be able to play any sort of role, but just the way that he's being used right now, the lack of experience in what at least I think he would be best used as as a college player, I don't think it's something that comes back to bite him, but maybe it's something that like takes a little bit longer to develop than you would have liked just because he didn't get that many reps in high school. But I'm not a football coach. Maybe I'm just talking nonsense here. Aside from any of that stuff, I think that the biggest things for him is he has that good burst of speed and he has good stopping and change of direction times. He can make guys miss and really be able to stop on a dime and turn the other way and use that burst of speed to get up quickly. He has the acceleration to go and the kind of stop and go to be a really shifty runner. And that's why I think he fits into that kind of athlete, wildcat, quarterback kind of Seth Green role if he were to go to Minnesota. Of course, I don't know what any coach has in mind for him, but that's what I would be thinking if I was looking at this recruit right now, looking at what Minnesota has done with those kind of players. I'd say this is that kind of a player. I don't know if Minnesota uses him that way. Minnesota's recruited a lot of those kind of guys and used them in a number of different ways, but he is one of those kind of guys, one of those kind of guys that can be molded into whatever P.J. Fleck wants, really. Moving on to Malik Elsie. This is someone who's six foot three, a little bit taller, 200 out of Chicago, actually plays at Simeon High School, which is a big, big basketball school, but a three-star recruit out of the 2023 class has offers from a bunch of Big Ten schools, Wisconsin, Michigan, of course, Minnesota, and a couple of small SEC schools as well. Vanderbilt and Kentucky, I believe, were the two that he had. In the notes for Elsie, I only had just a couple of things for him. He has a really good catch radius for a high school player. A lot of times when you see a guy who's as tall as like six foot three at the high school level, he's not playing up against corners and defensive backs or even linebackers who are his size. So he'll kind of just rely on that size to be able to get whatever ball he needs, you know? And not that he doesn't go out and reach for balls, but you just don't have to go out and reach for balls as much. Or when you do, you're not really blamed if you can't get it because you're a big guy. With Malik Elsie, he has that kind of catch radius where he can reach out and get a ball that's a foot or so overthrown. Well, maybe not a foot. I don't know exactly the measurements there, but you know what I mean. He can reach out for a ball in front. He has the kind of in-air judgment to be able to find a ball out of the air and find the spot for it. And I was really impressed by that ability to kind of reach out and make a catch, especially from a bigger wide receiver at that level. Because at high school, it's just easier to get away without doing that kind of stuff. And... It seems like Malik's been able to do all of that. He can also catch a ball over the middle through a hit and be able to take that hit. He plays defense as well and also deals out some pretty big hits. So he's a physical player. Again, at six foot three, why not be on the wide receiver spot at the football field? He's a guy who has size already that will only get better as he continues to grow. And I think at 2023, with two years left of high school football left. It's really nice for Minnesota to get in early on this one because I feel like a lot more offers are coming in. And again, there are already plenty of offers from really good football teams too. Well, Those just a couple of guys here that Minnesota's going after. I mentioned that we will have a recruit on the show again. It was supposed to be today. I ended up having to move it back, but we will get this interview done. It's a Minnesota basketball recruit in the class of 2022 that we'll be talking to on Monday. Won't give you the name just yet, but you might be able to find it over the weekend on our Twitter account. Again, at Gophers there and at Nate with Sports, my personal Twitter account. And of course, wherever you're listening right now, as soon as I finish up, hit subscribe, follow, like, review, five stars, all that good kind of stuff. And we'll be back on Monday with everything over the weekend here with Gopher Sports. Until then, I'm Nate Dickinson. Roll the boat, sky you, go Gophers.